We're going to look at some ancient words this morning, some a little more ancient than, than uh, some that we look at sometimes. So uh, I think what we're going to do is uh, just stand together and have a prayer before I read scripture. And uh, so let's stand together right now. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning. We want to acknowledge, dear Lord, that this task is far beyond anything I can accomplish. I pray, dear Lord, that you will help us this morning as we look at these words. Help us to understand the times and what was going on. Help us, dear Lord, I pray, to gain understanding of the Word of God and to be of greater desire to do God's will, whatever the price. We ask these favors in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I studied very hard on uh, this scripture and had a lot of information and tried to make sure that all my sequence was correct and I worried a great deal about it uh, because uh, some of it was uh, was hard to classify hard to uh, uh, have in the proper in the proper uh, order and uh, as I worked as I worked hard on it uh, you'll notice if you looked in your bulletin you'll see that Scripture this morning is from the book of Jeremiah. And uh, as I continued to pray about it, uh, I felt like that it would be more beneficial uh, to give uh, some background information about who we're talking about. Because uh, I went to Bible college. I didn't I didn't go four four years or five years. I only went two years, and uh, so uh, it was it was quite interesting. I learned a lot when I was there. Still have still have school books I look back at, and uh, there were a lot of things that we didn't cover when we were in class and so forth. Uh, so I thought, now I'm coming to these people this morning. And, uh, and I've studied and I've got all this information, but what are they going to take? <laughs> what are they going to take with them? Uh, if, it, if it's too complicated and too uh, difficult to retain, uh, you, you're not going to take anything with you. So that's not my purpose in being here to speak. My purpose is to give you something that will benefit you and help you along. And, and it's a difficult class or church uh, because uh, when, uh, when we were youngsters, uh, Janice went to school in, uh, in a place on, uh, I think it was Laner Road, uh, where you went in a building they had separate buildings. This was in the, on the north side of Columbus. Um, and 
I've, I've been where you had different ages all being taught at the same time. Hard to, hard to get that message across if you're teaching all different levels. Well, in a church service like this, we have people that have been Christians for, for a long time and have been in hundreds, maybe thousands of church services. Uh, we have others that are, are, are fairly new and don't, don't know a whole lot about what uh, the scriptures say. And, uh, and a word of encouragement, those of you that have been in the church for a long time, uh, you're like I am, uh, sometimes you have a way of forgetting some things. You knew them, but uh, but they've slipped away from you, and, and you don't. You're not quite as sharp in memory as what you were, and so uh, being reminded of what the scripture is and and some of the history of it doesn't hurt any of us, and it brings those along that are new in the faith that uh, have not got the background and the, the time in that you all have in. So, as I thought about this scripture in Jeremiah, I want to tell you some things about Jeremiah. And like I say, some of you already know some of these things, and I know that. And I'm not going to spend a long time, I'm not intending to spend a long time uh, going back over some things, but I think it would help you to understand that we are talking about a prophet who was called to preach to the, the very end of what we'll call the dynasty of David uh, to the people of Israel. So once again, going to just going to some very basic things. In the Old Testament, when we're talking about Israel, there was a time when Israel was one nation, but they went through a divide, a civil war, as it were. And so you had a northern part of Israel, and you had a southern part. The southern part is called Judah. The northern part was often referred to as Israel. Uh, they, they had various family groups, clans called tribes. And so when we, when we talk about people in these areas, we're talking about family groups, just like there are certain groups that settle in America, family groups. But these were, these all came from, and I'm not going to go there where they all began and so forth, because I'm, I just want you to get in mind, we're talking about a northern kingdom of Israel, a southern kingdom. Judah is what the southern kingdom goes by mostly because that was the biggest group of people there. Um, Sad to say, the northern part of Israel uh, went into idolatry and followed heathen practices, and God allowed them to be destroyed, uh, to be carried 
out of their land and other people to be brought in. So we still have little Judah, a smaller land mass down on the southern part, which also contained Jerusalem. So you all with me? So we got Jerusalem, we got the southern part of Israel. And so uh, when, when the northern part went into, went into destruction, where their, their part of Israel was actually destroyed, uh, we're talking many hundreds of years ago. So we're talking, if we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about a couple thousand years ago when he was here. If we go back to when Israel, the northern kingdom was carried away, that was 721, 721 B.C., when they were taken away before Christ. So that's a long time ago. Um, so you got the idea. Uh, they were ruled by kings, and sometimes you had a good king, sometimes you had a bad king. When I say a good king... I mean a king that followed God and followed God's will best they could. And you had others that totally ignored what God's will was. So they didn't have, they didn't have the New Testament that Jesus hadn't come yet. They had, they had their prophets. They had their preachers that went around uh, and told them that they better repent of their sins, they better seek the Lord, or tragedy was going to come on them. That it didn't matter how many, how many uh, religious practices they followed, if they weren't moral, if they weren't upright in their life, if they didn't treat each other as they should, God was going to bring judgment against their nation. So. Uh, Judah survived, the southern part survived several decades longer than the northern. But eventually uh, their practices became more and more corrupt. The, the last good king that they had in the southern kingdom was Josiah. Now, that's not too hard to remember, as he just looked back around at the desk back there and got Josiah. So that, that'll help you. Uh, so that was the last good king. Uh, he was killed in a battle. And I'm sure that was devastating to the, to the country. Uh, he went out to fight with the Egyptians, and, and he was killed. And uh, so then his his sons began to assume leadership. Uh, so he had, he had more than one son, and I'm not going to go through all those because I spent a long time doing that on my own, and you're not going to remember them anyway. So uh, I just want you to know this family, toward the end of the dynasty of David, uh, was the ruler, were the rulers. And so... God called preachers. God called, we call them prophets because they not only proclaimed the word of God, God also gave them special information about the future, about 
the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus. Uh, he, was no, he would be known as the Anointed One. Uh, so they had special insight. And we go back and it gives us great faith and courage today because we see how God forecast that there was somebody coming that was going to take our sins. And so uh, Jeremiah was one of those preacher prophets. Uh, now, you know, Jeremiah, we're talking, we're talking about a man that uh, lived many hundreds of years ago. Uh, the scripture that uh, I'm, I'm going to read, uh, we're looking back uh, 600 years before Jesus. And uh, so uh, Jeremiah was the preacher who was trying to impress on the people that they needed to follow God's law. The, the last good king, and who was that, the last good king? Look around at the desk there. Josiah. Okay. The last good king, Josiah, had started some reforms. He actually was in power for 31 years. And he did some good things. He had a very wicked father. But he did some very good things. And we don't, we don't really know why he was so good when he had such a corrupt father or why, why uh, Josiah's sons seemed to be so corrupt when they had a good father, but they didn't follow their father. So uh, Josiah had a renovation project going on for the temple because his wicked father had brought idolatry in, had had shed innocent blood, and so Josiah had a, a great project going on of, of, of refurbishing, re, reestablishing the worship of God instead of idols. Well, when, they, when they were involved in this, they got all excited because when they were going through, guess what they, had, they found? They found the law of God in the church. It had been hid, hidden away and lost. And while they're refurbishing things, they find this. And uh, so they're, they're all excited, the people that are workmen, and they come to the king, and, and the king begins to read it. He, and he looks at what this law says. Ten commandments and judgments God is going to bring if people don't follow his rules. And then great fear came on them because they realized they were ignorant. They didn't, they didn't know because the, the Bible had been lost to them, what we'll call the Old Testament. Some of the Old Testament had been lost. So Ten Commandments and the prophecies that were given, they didn't know about them. So they began to ask God for mercy to help them. So Josiah was a great king, and great things happened under him. Uh, so 
this prophet Jeremiah began to, began to preach when Josiah was still king. And he had a hard job because uh, I think he might have had a little bit of time before Josiah. Um, if you look in the very first part of the book of Jeremiah, uh, it tells you in chapter 1, verse 2, um, that this Jeremiah, the, the, this prophet, and it tells where he's from, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. So he reigned 31 years. So he had, he had some time. Uh, but there were a lot of things, even though Josiah was very, very righteous, there were a lot of things that were not righteous in the kingdom. Because as you know, if you have one person that's the leader, doesn't mean everybody's following and everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. So uh, the Bible says that God called Jeremiah to go and proclaim his word. Uh, God had, had formed him for this special purpose. Uh, he protested in verse 6 of chapter 1. He said, I can't do it. I'm just a child. Uh, the Lord said, don't say I'm a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. So he had a, he had a, a mission, and that was to speak what God put on his heart. How about verse 8? I know I've, I've said before and others have said, we know, you know what the preacher looks like. You look at me, but I know what you look like too. I'm looking at you. <laughs> he says in verse 8, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. You can get some pretty mean looks sometimes as a preacher. I think I told you when I was preaching a funeral in Delaware with the old funeral director there. He was quite a guy. There were people there that didn't like hearing the gospel. And... Uh, that's what I was preaching, the gospel, that you need to repent, find Christ as your Savior. They went to the funeral director, Glenn Bennett, and they said, can't you shut him up? <laughs> he said, just sit down. It won't, it won't hurt you to hear the word. <laughs> so the service went on. But you don't know the mean looks and what people are thinking sometimes. It's always nice when you're preaching a funeral that's not filled with your church people, if there's somebody there and they're going, <laughs> or, or they're agreeing with you, it kind of helps you a little bit uh, to realize there's somebody that understands what you're saying. So Jeremiah was, was a young guy that God called to deliver the word. I want to say something else about the book of Jeremiah. If you say, you know, 
I want, I want to read this book of Jeremiah. It's not in chronological order. So it skips around. Something will happen here, and then, oh, this belongs back here. This belongs up here. It's not laid out in the order in which it happened. Um, the scripture that I'm going to read to you this morning uh, is one that took place after Josiah had been killed and it tells us about Josiah's son, one of his sons that was then the king and that's Jehoiakim. Um, Jehoiakim had a very godly example uh, but he did not follow that godly example. He was, he was more like Grandpa. Uh, and he, he, was, he was a person who totally rejected the influence of Jehovah God. And so he reigned for 11 years, not as long as his father, 11 years. And uh, we're told the time of his reign uh, was clear down to, well, he started reigning in 6, 608 to 597 B.C., before Christ. Uh, so some, some notable things happened while he was in charge. So if you look over in your scripture now, the book of Jeremiah, since I've introduced Jeremiah to you a little bit. Jeremiah, something else I want to tell you before I read the scripture here in chapter 36. Uh, Jeremiah is called, and you know what he's called. Say it out loud, Doris. The weeping prophet. Uh, his heart was broken because people would not heed, would not listen to his message. He told them of coming calamity, but it could be averted if they would repent. God would pull back his anger, uh, but they would not repent. They were very mean to him. Uh, they, they imprisoned him. Uh, they threatened him. Uh, if it had not been for God's superintendence over him and watch care over him, he would have been killed. But uh, he continued to tell the truth, whether people wanted to hear it or not. So he's called the weeping prophet. The things that he said, he said not because he was enjoying telling people your sins are going to take you to destruction, uh, but he wanted them to repent and turn to God. So the scripture tells us in chapter 36, uh, actually uh, when we look at the very beginning of this, uh, it says that Jeremiah called this scribe. Jeremiah was told by the Lord to recall the things that he had been preaching. Maybe he had notes, I don't know. He had, he had a very full 
book of things that he had warned the people of. God said, I want you to take all these things and have your scribe, Baruch, and I listened to that on my Bible uh, CD on how to say that word. So it is Baruch. Uh, he had him come and write things down that he was that he had preached, and uh, it says in verse two of chapter thirty-six. Well, the first part tells you when this took place in, chap- in verse 1 of chapter 36. He says, uh, take a roll of a book, so we're talking about a scroll, write therein all the words that I've spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spoke unto thee from the days of Josiah even unto this day. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose, and this is the Lord speaking, to do unto them that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord, which he had spoken unto him upon a roll of a book. So there we're talking about a scroll again. Um, And so then Jeremiah gave a command to Baruch to go and read these words. For some reason, Jeremiah was not able to go to the assembly. Uh, So he, he told Baruch he wanted him to go and to read these things uh, in the Lord's house upon the fasting day and read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their city. So they're coming to Jerusalem for a feast, for a fast, and uh, so Baruch did that. And uh, the Bible says that uh, when he read these words that there came a day, uh, it came to pass in the fifth year, I'm reading verse 9 now in chapter 36, in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, that they proclaimed a fast before the Lord. So here's an extra fast. Evidently, things are threatening. So you know sometimes America is called a fast and ask God to help. And so that's what this was. Uh, He said, go to all the people in Jerusalem and and to all the people that come from the cities of Judah unto Jerusalem. So they all gathered there where the temple was. And so Baruch, in verse 10, read this book. And this book took a while to write. It wasn't just an overnight project. It was probably over a year that he was writing this book. Quite a bit of time went into it. Um, So he had... a chamber that he went into, probably an overlooking window that he could stand and, and uh, speak to the people. Um, and uh, the Bible says that um, when he had read this, all the princes uh, became concerned about what he read. And uh, 
so they they had they they heard the judgment of destruction that was coming, and so uh, they said, "We want the king to hear this. We want Jehoiakim to hear this." So now we're reading where my scripture takes off here in Jeremiah 36, verse 20. And they went in unto the king. We're talking about the princes now. If they've heard the reading of this book and all the judgments that are proclaimed. But they laid up the roll or the scroll in the chamber of Elishama, the scribe, and told all the words in the ears of the king. And the king is Jehoiakim. So the king sent Jehudi to fetch the roll. So now the king's heard it, and the king says, I want, I want the roll. I want the scroll here. You go get it. So they have tried to protect the scroll by not bringing it because they were afraid of what Jehoiakim would do. So they left it out, and they're just telling word of mouth what they heard. Now the king's given a command. Go get, go get the scroll and bring it. So the king speaks. Uh, he had the power of death in his command, so they went and got it and brought it to him. Uh, and it says, so the king uh, sent Jehudi to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishama, the scribe's chamber, and Jehudi read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood before the king or beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the month, in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, the king, he cut it with a penknife, cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. So they're reading and he's taking his knife, cutting, cutting it up, throwing the fire. Yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments you know, if they tore their clothes, it meant they were in great agony and grief. It wasn't like our clothes today where you can just run down to Kohl's or Walmart and get something. They were very valuable for the time it took to produce them. So if, if they were really consumed with concern, they would tear their garments. They were not afraid nor rent their garments Neither the king, the king didn't show any distress, nor any of his servants that heard all these words. So you read that, uh, nevertheless, Elnathan and Deliah and Gemariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. So he burned, he burned all these judgments. He cut them first with his penknife and then threw them in the fire. And I thought, there's been a lot of cutting on God's word, hasn't there? There have been a lot of people 
They haven't used a physical knife. This was a scribe's knife called a pen knife, evidently a little knife. Uh, there's a lot of people today that are cutting out things out of the word that doesn't suit them. They don't like it. They don't want to hear it. And so they can just do away with it. And it's not very hard to ignore what the scripture says uh, or preach around, take topics that are acceptable to everybody. How about judge not that you be not judged? It's a favorite passage because any time you try to point something out then you're judging, judge not. Or how about God so loved the world. God is love and we need to love everybody and love is of God. So why are you why are you casting reproach on people that are evidencing and showing love? So let's hear the words of love. Um So there are the there are the pet passages that are they don't condemn uh, they they bring a sort of soothing yes the Bible does say that but Jesus also was very direct in a lot of things he said and these things that in the Old Testament now hundreds of years before Jesus came into this world are speaking the truth of God but they were offensive to this king so the king had set himself up as above all this <laughs> he could do what he wanted actually he was he was very wicked king in action not just in word uh, because you can read here in the book of Jeremiah that there was somebody by the name of Urijah who spoke the same judgments. And we don't know why God spared Jeremiah, but he didn't spare Urijah. Urijah was threatened by Jehoiakim, and Urijah left the country and went to Egypt to flee from the king. And the king sent people down to Egypt. I'm thinking it had to be a stealth mission to go down there and get him. I don't think Egypt, there's nothing said about Egypt being involved in it. But he sent people down. You find it in the book of Jeremiah chapter 26 and verses 20 to 23. He sent men to Egypt and they arrested or captured or however you want to put it and brought Urijah back because the king didn't like what he said. He brought him before him, he killed him. In his presence, he had Urijah put to death. So he was, he was very wicked, very set in his ways. And he thought, I can do whatever I want. I'm the king, I'm in charge. He didn't like what Jeremiah had to say. 
and he would have done something about it with Jeremiah. But the scripture tells us that when these words were delivered, uh, that if you look in verse 26, the king commanded his goon squad, that's uh, my interpretation, And I can say all these words, but you won't remember them. <laughs> we'll call them the goon squad. He sent them to take Baruch, the scribe. See, Baruch wasn't the one reading this. They were using the roll to read out of the scroll. So Baruch wasn't there, so the king sends the goon, sends the goon squad to take Baruch, the scribe, and Jeremiah the prophet. But the Bible says the Lord had hid them. They were told to hide, but God must have done an extra good job because when the scribes told him to hide, God also hid them. And uh, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. After that, the king had burned the roll. The words which, and I'm reading verse 27, the words which, Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, Take thee again another roll, and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll. Just do another scroll. The one that Jehoiakim the king has burned, reproduce, and he said, Thou, thou hast burned this roll, saying, why hast thou written therein, saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast? Therefore thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, He shall have none to set upon the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat, and in the night to the frost. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants. Verse 32, then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Baruch, the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. Guess what? And there were added besides unto them many like words. So he even had a bigger book. He even had a bigger book when he got through with that. So, today we have a lot of people that are rebellious against God. You know that they do whatever they can do to silence any effects of morality, to say we can do whatever we want. Look at, look at all the... Uh, surgeries that are being performed on young people that are confused about gender identity. Can you imagine? Young people, young people, they're not, they won't even let them take an aspirin in school without having special permission. But they try to hide from the parents and California says, come to us, come to us. And 
we'll see that you get these surgeries, mastectomies and mutilation of sex organs. And then guess what? You know that when these surgeries are performed, that this is a ongoing source of income for people that are engaged in this because they have to keep taking suppression drugs. They have to keep taking medicines in order for these things not to revert back. So you know that we're paying for surgeries in the military and you know that they're having trouble getting people to sign up for the military because it has gone so woke, and I don't, I don't use that word usually, but it seems like that's the word today. Just uh, let things go and just soften up everything and, uh, and, and go on with a path of watering down every kind of morality, every kind of, every kind of religious prohibition. Just do away with it. But folks, God is still in charge. And the Bible tells us that Jehoiakim did not get away with what he was doing. <coughs> the scripture says, if you look over in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 36, so some of these things that we read in Jeremiah, you can go to the history books of Kings and Chronicles. So there's some there's some more information for you. Um, and you can look, you can look in Second Chronicles chapter 36 and verse 6, and I'm headed there. I'm going to start at verse 5. Jehoiakim was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Against him came up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and bound him in fetters to carry him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also carried of the vessels of the house of the Lord to Babylon and put them in his temple at Babylon. And there, now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and his abominations which he did and that which was found in him, behold, they're written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. There again, you can go to kings and find some of these things. And so my little tutorial this morning on Jeremiah, a, a great man that was faithful to God and suffered a lot of things to be faithful to the Lord, proclaimed the word of the Lord, whether the king wanted to hear it or not, but eventually what Jeremiah said came true, didn't it? And here came old Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and put the irons on him. Uh, we're told that he didn't have a royal funeral. 
Jehoiakim did not have a royal funeral. It's kind of hazy exactly what went on. It appears that Nebuchadnezzar was going to take him to Babylon, but he didn't make it. Something happened to him. So he died and did not make that trip. And, and I couldn't find explicitly in the scripture where it said that, that actually he had died at the hands of those who put the irons on him. So whether, whether somebody killed him at that time, how he succumbed, we don't know. But he was like a wild animal or like a donkey when he died, he, evidently his body was just cast out. So the buzzards, the jackals, whatever it was, could eat him. He didn't have any big royal send-off. So I'm saying whatever they want to do today to go against the word of God, against the commands of God, God's going to win, folks, and God's judgment is going to come. And I pray to God that America will hear words of reproof and turn back to the Lord because if we continue to flaunt in the face of God wickedness and immorality, then certainly judgment is going to be coming into our land also. And so... Yeah, this, this son who was a rebel, this son who refused counsel, he was, he was hard-hearted, he was conceited, huh, he was wicked. We know quite a few people that way today, don't we? Conceited, hard-hearted wicked, but God's still on the throne. And God's word, whatever they do to it, if they, if they totally ignore it, it's still going to come to pass. And they're still going to stand before God for judgment. So folks, let's stay on the right side. Let's pray. Get as many in as we can. Let our light shine that people will turn to the Lord turn from their wickedness. Many wonderful things in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah also wrote the book of Lamentations. <clears throat> this shouldn't be a shock to you. You know, when, you, when you're grieving, you're lamenting. That's what J Lamentations is. He saw the ruined city, and his heart was broken, realizing how many people had died, terrible judgment that had come. So, I recommend that you, could, you read the book of Jeremiah, and I hope you know a little more about it now, but that's all I dare take time for this morning. Will you stand with me?